Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brendan, and I am the host of the Go Away Heat podcast, episode two. Um, I kind of took a little break from doing the podcast thing, and I saw people actually kind of like listen to it. So I was like, "Oh, cool. That's that's nice. Maybe I should do more." Uh, I originally had it scheduled that I was going to do something three times a week. Yeah, that was that wasn't smart. Not a smart idea by me. Um, so what I'm gonna do now is I'm just gonna do a weekly podcast on Sundays. That's when it will release every Sunday. And so what we'll do each Sunday is it will be a, a weekly roundup of the news of of what happened that week, uh, and a recap of Raw, Dynamite, SmackDown, and the pay per view if it any happened that week. Um, cool thing is, is I'm still going to keep grinds my gears because family guy is just dope. Why not? Um, and book it. Um, so why don't we get started? The biggest news of the week, and and I'm not going to go into the, like the sexual abuse allegations that people have been bringing up and bringing out because one, I, I was never ever in those rooms and too i just want everybody to be okay to be completely honest with you i wish life wasn't like this sometimes like we don't have to be bad people but people suck so you know i i just i, I would rather focus on like the creative stuff like i said maybe i'm a bad guy probably i'm, I'm not <laughs> not a great person maybe i should be speaking more on these issues and speaking up for other people but um I just, I, I don't have any interest. I hope the, the people that aren't good go away for a long time. And the people that are good people stay and do their thing. But I feel like the big news this week was Paul Heyman getting removed from his duties from the creative of Raw. And now that's, that's a, it's a huge, huge step. Now, uh, they say that reportedly... And this is from Dirt Sheets, so I don't really know what's going on. Um, Bruce Pritchard, who I think was the head writer of SmackDown, is going to take over for both SmackDown and Raw. Probably Bruce is a really, really smart man. I mean, he was probably he. I think he was in creative late nineties, two thousands, all the way up to probably like two thousand ten. I think. Was also creative in TNA and other organizations, but uh, you know my problem isn't that Bruce Pritchard is taking over. For me, I, I feel like the problem is you've got two shows run by one writing crew. Now I feel like the difference between Raw and SmackDown is dope. You've got oh three-hour show full of entertainment versus a two-hour show focused more on wrestling. And when you have, I feel like, one writing crew for, like, two shows, I don't think you're diluting... Yeah, I think you're diluting the ideas. I feel like you've got one group of people giving ideas for two separate things. And I don't see it ending up well kind of funny when i started the podcast i thought raw was dope and then, and then you know adios amigo adios paul Heyman. 
you're not doing a good enough job. But I, I thought he was doing a really good job of building new talents. I don't think he was given the resources that SmackDown has. I mean, SmackDown's stacked. Let's be honest about it. I mean, Bray, Braun, Roman Reigns was on it. You've got, you know, a great mid-carder. You've got the New Day, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles was moved on. Um, to SmackDown, SmackDown was stacked. Let's let's be honest. Paul Heyman, I don't think had a chance. But that's that. That's a problem with the WWE. The problem, in my opinion, is that it's public. So you've got people that are shareholders that want a return investment now, and it's just it's not going to happen like that. You can't build a show in three months and expect it to be the greatest wrestling show ever it's not gonna happen i mean also too i mean the circumstances weren't against were were kind of against them i mean he was working through a quarantine he was working through all this other kind of stuff and uh, to be fair to paul to be fair to i'm sorry to vince who probably made the decision he gave him 12 months i mean it was almost a year that that paul they said was like head of creative but there's zero patience in that company. It's a public company. They want returns now. So they need stars now. And to be honest, that's that's not how it goes. This is this is the predicament that you get yourself into when you rely on Brock Lesnar coming in and part-timing. When you rely on Rock coming in, part-timing, and not putting any of these guys over. Bill Goldberg coming in, part-timing, not putting these young guys over. That's the problem. That's that's what you got. And it's not a good system to have. It's not. I think the, the system of being a public company, of the coronavirus, of the public, the pressure of putting on Raw being the A-show, I also think that the, the zero patience that Vince has with dealing with a great product I, I think it led to Paul's firing and we'll, and we'll see how Raw does we'll see how Raw and Smackdown does I just don't think it was a good move I think Paul there's a reason why Paul's a genius right you watch the documentary about the uh, ruthless aggression era right where he made the trade for Eddie Guerrero and uh, 90% of the writers laughed or 90% of the staff that was in that meeting who, when he asked for Eddie Guerrero, they laughed at him. Then Eddie becomes a major star, you know. Uh, talks back in the day, ECW, before it was going to go out of business, was going to sign a guy named Brian Danielson. He has something. He sees something in people. He was a guy that took the chance on CM Punk. I mean, take it for what it's worth. A man has eye for talent, and he has an eye and a creative genius for professional wrestling. So I, I, I don't think it's a good move, and it's nothing against Bruce Pritchard, but we'll see. So work in progress. Uh, I thought, again, another big piece of the news, which, again... Maybe I'm in a bubble, but I thought the bit, another big piece of news was Ali and Ziggler going to Raw. Um, 
Do I like it for both of their careers? Yeah, because there's more time. There's more space for them to grow as characters. But at the same time, I, I got to look at it from a perspective here, maybe an over-the-top perspective. You're struggling in main events, right, with Raw, right? You need people to watch the television, right? And I feel that like that all that starts with your WWE champion, your your heavyweight champion, and that's Drew. And I don't think it's Drew's fault. I said that in the first podcast. I really don't think it's his fault. I don't want to see him wrestle half the guys on the roster. I'm sorry. And he's already wrestled half the guy, all the guys that I've wanted to see him fight. Lashley was a great match at Backlash. I've seen him beat Show after Mania, which was weird. But we already went through Show. We already went through Rollins. We already went through Andrade. You know, I only really wanted to see him wrestle Aleister Black or Kevin Owens. That's it. And I think that's that's a shame for Drew because Drew's a really talented guy. He's great on the mic. He's great in the ring. But I feel like the greatest heroes of our generation, of prior generations through comic books, movies, they have a great villain. A really, really great villain. The back and forth is is what makes a good hero. I mean, Superman is great, but to me, he's boring. Do you know why? Because no, he's the greatest man in the history of the Earth. Nobody can beat him. It was dope when Doomsday beat him. It was like, holy crap. There's somebody that can beat Superman? That's that's how I feel about it. So instead of having like Ali and Ziggler go to Raw, what are you doing with Nakamura and Sasaro? Really, let's be honest about it. They got put in to replace the Forgotten Sons because of the controversial tweets that uh, one of those guys had. You wouldn't want to see Drew McIntyre versus Cesaro or Nakamura at a main event of a pay-per-view. I would. What about Seamus? You could have that whole Irish-Scottish rivalry. Right now, Seamus is getting pee thrown in his face. Like, literally. Like not, I'm not even saying that figuratively. Literally, he's getting pee thrown in his face. And Fox isn't even happy about it. Reports. Due to reports. I mean, you've got a guy like Jeff Hardy. You wouldn't want to see Drew McIntyre wrestle Jeff Hardy. Come on, these are names. These are these are matches you want to see. You've got people that in this company that you would love to see wrestle Drew McIntyre. And yet you've got one side that's absolutely stacked and you got another side that's not. And it's sad because Drew McIntyre, I think, could really benefit. But whatever. I hope Drew McIntyre wrestles Ziggler. I hope Ali gets some TV time because I, I think they need it. Like, honestly, if I watched a bunch of ninjas just come out on the set, on the on the stage again, I, I might not do the podcast again. No, that's, that's a joke. Speaking of that, let's, let's transition into 
raw and and what I felt about it. Uh, the pros of it, I love this All Black stable with MVP and uh, Bobby Lashley, and, and of course I hope Apollo Cruz too joins it. A little heel action, I love that. I think that's that's a dope storyline. I think that's something that can get hot. Honestly, I hope our truth betrays Drew and becomes part of that stable because he's just an entertaining guy and a guy that deserves it. He's a guy who, like I said the last podcast, former NWA champion, heavyweight champion. What are they doing with him now? He's a he's a comedy act, and there's no disrespect to being a comedy act. You could really make some money, but he deserves more than that. I love the Randy and Rick combo as well. I think, honestly, if Rick is healthy enough, he should be Randy's manager. Easily. I think that that's the best fit. I think it keeps Randy hot. I think it keeps Rick hot. I think you've got Randy, who is just dope. But if you were to take maybe one weakness of his game, it's his promos. And then you give him the great, one of the greatest promo men to ever be in the business. I don't know. I see a win there. Um, I love... I'm not a Nia Jax person, but I love that referees were inserted into the uh, rivalries. I, I do think that that was, that was really creative. I think it's been missing in wrestling, honestly. Ri- referees aren't characters, too. You know? Let's remember, too, who, who was one of the biggest heels in the late 90s for WCW? It was Nick Patrick. I mean, who doesn't love a good heel ref? Or even like a face ref? You know, refereeing, I think, in professional wrestling, to be honest, I think that's a subject that can be... How do I want to put the term? It can be developed. It can be expanded. We could have bad refs. We could have good refs. We could have uh, video replay. I mean, I think that there's so many things that we can do with referees in terms of character development. And lately, professional wrestling hasn't been doing it for them, to be honest with you. But I love seeing that with Nia Jax. I thought that was a cool. And then the Dominic segment of him coming through the the crowd and literally ducking and dodging Austin Theory and uh, Buddy Murphy. And beating up Seth Rollins. I thought that was cool. I hope, and again, hope and pray, Dominic getting his start is a part of the stable of Rollins, Murphy, and Theory. I think it would just be a perfect fit. I think you've got three young guys, kind of like the Shield, who have talent. And who you can sell as, what do I want to say? You can sell them as henchmen. But then, because they're young, you can have their abilities raised and their popularities raised to be mid-carders, main eventers, something new. 
And I think those guys could help Rollins win a title, honestly, with the popularity of his his storyline, to be honest with you. All right, let's go to the cons. For this all-black stable, I, I love it. I just don't want too many people in it. I think if you add our truth and Apollo Crews, I'm talking workers. Like they, MVP's their manager, so they they've got four people. I think they need a tag team, and that's it. Like like that's the max because you need in a stable you need people to be able to grow. Right, you want to sell the Survivor Series main event, right? Of the five versus five. I th- still believe like you could do that at Survivor Series. Have I don't know what they're calling themselves, the, the stable, but all five guys wrestle five other guys, and I feel like it could draw. That that's my um, that's my fear of it. Um, the Viking profits. Yikes, that was that was rough. And, and it's not like none of those guys have talent. All of them have talent. I just think it's a mismanagement. I mean, you've got the War Raiders who um, are just, they're just a great tag team. You've got Street Profits who I believe are stars, could be used better. I think the Big Show could be used better. And I think Akira Tozawa, all those guys literally in that segment could have been used better and that's really kind of all that i ask it's it's cool to be like entertaining in a comedy segment like i get that but these are guys all of them i feel like could be serious great wrestlers i mean big show is already he's already made let's be honest like we all know that but i think you can make a big show revival um and because he has that Netflix series and people has eyes on him, he could be a, a face that you go, oh, wow, he's old, but he's still got it. And he, I think he has one more run in him. And, and just for him to do like stuff like that, I get it. He's, he's like a funny guy. He's got charisma. But at the same time, like Big Show coming in there and returning like that didn't elevate the segment. And that's not against him or the Street Profits or the Viking Raiders. It's just the usage of those guys. And, and that's what I thought about Raw. We'll, uh, we'll move on to Dynamite. And Dynamite, I thought, the biggest, 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 biggest pro was the debut of Abaddon on Dynamite. Holy crap, does that girl have a different look? Does she have a different style? She is a star. That girl could be women's champion in three weeks. Did you see the entrance? Did you see the look? She literally looks like a zombie. We might, in AEW, we might be looking at the first female Undertaker. That chick is cool. That's a star right there. Star for me is somebody when you look at the screen and you go, wow, that person has a presence. That person, whether it's their ring ability, whether it's their charisma, whether it's their their it factor, that's somebody that you go, wow, 
I can't wait to see what that person does next. And Abaddon was it for me. I I thought I when she came out, I was like, whoa. Who is that? And this is awesome. This chick is great. And I know she probably debuted she debuted on um What's that? Dark. She debuted on Dark. But like that to me, that's a that's a star moment right there. And she needs a major push or a major rivalry coming up soon. Whether it's a heel, baby face, whatever, she needs something now. Um, opening tag match was great. Like, I love the tag team of Hangman and Omega. But the problem is, is like You've got two people that should be single stars in a company that's kind of it's kind of lacking single stars. Let's be honest. I mean, do you really care that Brian Cage is wrestling uh, Moxley? Be honest. No, you don't. You don't care. But would you care if Moxley was wrestling Omega in a return feud? course you would be thrilled especially for a championship it was one thing when they weren't wrestling for a championship now you can have a legitimate match like you know i know moxley's forte i think i would want to use i know moxley's forte is, is hardcore matches but you you've got a guy that's just super athletic and moxley to his credit is a really good storyteller how does that not create interest? For me, it does. But instead, they're using Brian Cage, who I've got nothing but respect. The man's a, an athlete and a badass. But let's be honest. Do I care? No, I don't care. I don't really care if Brian Cage like wrestles Moxley at Fighter Fest. I just don't. So, like, it was a good match, but... You know, I just, I, I, I wish both Hangman and Omega were singles competition. I like the Bucks, uh, Havoc, the Bucks versus Havoc and Sabian. Um, but, but my thing with tag matches is tag matches now, it's just like too many moves. It's like, I think I, in AEW, I think if I hit somebody with my car, I think they'd still kick out a two. Like, I, I truly, honestly believe that. I mean, the Young Bucks are great. They're the best tag team in the world today. And I really like Havoc and Sabian. I really think, like, they can, they can make moves to be a solid tag team, but... I just think that there were so many moves that after, like, ten minutes, I was like, dude pin somebody at some point you can't like i feel like if somebody hit somebody with a sledgehammer like over the head still they would kick out at two but it was still a solid match both teams are really athletic both interesting i love cody as my tv champ like i i he puts on great matches he's a stud like just just a stud of a man uh he's great on the microphone i think he is going to bring so much interest to that TV championship. I mean, Ricky Starks, I didn't really know who he was. He was in NWA. He was the number one prospect in there for a while. So I was, like, intrigued. But, like, once he starts facing real competition, wow. 
move over. Like, this is going to be a segment that's going to be talked about for a long time is weekly Cody Rhodes defending that television championship. And it's dope. Like, I, I love it. I really do. I think it's a, it's a really good good thing that they've got going on. Um, love the main event. Love Lasex Gods. It, it just shows you how great of a wrestler Jericho is. He gets everybody going. He's a guy that creates interest for people. He puts people over. He's he's just great. I can't wait for Jericho. Oh God, how how am I forgetting his name? Juice Cassidy, Orange Cassidy, Jericho Orange Cassidy is gonna be something really good. I believe. At Fighter Fest, I think that's like one of the matches that I'm really excited about. I think Fighter Fest is gonna be really good. Um, I think the Best Friends versus Omega and Page is gonna be awesome as well. I think it's gonna be really, really good. But I, I truly believe that Chris and Sammy Guevara are gonna win those tag team champs belts at some point. They're going to, and the next year they're gonna win those belts. I would bet. I'm not a rich man. Bet 50 bucks that they do it. To anybody. I will bet 50 bucks to anybody that they win those titles sometime next year. God, this is this is recorded too. Somebody's somebody's going to be like, oh yeah, they're going to take me on the bet and they're not going to win and I'm just going to be out of 50 bucks. And it's going to be like, hopefully if the podcast grows, like 200 people like just being like, hey Brennan, where's my 50 bucks? be like crap you gotta be kidding me man um what didn't i like um i I think mjf needs a title shot i think you've got a kid that's just so good at being a heel at his moves like he tells a really good story um I think he's just really, really good, and he he needs the shine. And I think the problem with AEW is you're bringing in these stars, right? The Brian Cages, the Lance Archers, guys in other promotions that didn't really turn the needle. When you've got three guys that I can think of at the top of my head, MJF, Jungle Boy, and Darby Allin, those guys are needle pushers. They push the needle, and people think give interest to what they do you gotta book them i hope he gets a rivalry i hope this is mjf jungle boy i hope it really goes along i i feel like these this is a rivalry that could work for both of their careers and i'm not really a big fan of ftr let's be honest let's be honest about it do you really care that ftr came and you want to see them versus the young bucks i i don't People say it's a dream match. It's not really a dream match. Let's let's be honest about it. Did they push the needle in WWE? No. NXT they did. But that, that was against Gargano and Ciampa. Did they really push the needle? No. I think, honestly, I think they shouldn't have went to AEW. I think they should have went to NWA. I know the price price tag is probably not the greatest. But I think NWA would have really fit the style of FTR. I just don't think... I think AEW has too many tag teams. 
I think they have too many inside people that they need to push instead of having stars like FTR come in and be like, oh, you guys uh, you guys looking at us? Because they want to be a top tag team. But the best friends is hot. Lay Sex Gods was dope. Hangman and Page. Hang, <laughs> I said Hangman and Page. Hangman and Omega, they're dope. You've got butcher and blade which i love their look i love it i think their look is so dope and the young bucks are in there too and it's like at some point if you want to be you got to be the big fish in the small pond and they haven't done that yet so you go to nwa you're the big fish in the small pond and it complements your style so that that's what i thought about dynamite let's let's move to smackdown AJ Matt Riddle Bryant segment was really good. My only problem is where does Riddle go for here from here? Debut win, AJ Styles. What what do we got going next for him? You know? What do we have that's going to keep the fans interested in Matt Riddle? Is there a rivalry coming up? Is he going to wrestle somebody different? That's my cause for concern because you set the bar so high for someone they have to deliver on that bar every single time and i'm not saying matt riddle can't do that it's just when you beat aj styles in your first match on smackdown where do you go from here do you beat jobbers for weeks do you wrestle other people like what what's going on that's my big concern about that segment um Love Sonya Deville. I I truly believe that she's the next women's champ. I do. I I really do. One, she's good on the mic. Two, she's legitimate. Three, she's an athlete. I mean, I, I feel like she's a star. I think they need to end this Mandy Rose stuff. I think Mandy Rose needs to be the manager for Otis. And that's it. Like, have Sonya Deville go on this monster heel run. Like, this old Victoria where she had the list and was, like, checking people off. I think that's what she should do. I think it fits her character. I think she should, her, she should be the hit man of the, hit woman, I'm sorry. Hit woman of the WWE. I love the suit. I thought, I was like, holy crap, that's something different. You know, you see all the women try to dress sexy. Like, she tried to dress like a hit woman. I think she sh- that should be her new gimmick. The hit woman of the WWE. And have either her be by herself or be a contract killer. Maybe a contract killer for Bailey. Bailey beats Sasha Banks in the feud. Sasha moves somewhere else because Sonya Deville becomes the hired gun of Bailey. I like that. Um, love New Day and Lucha House Party. I mean, New Day is dope. Let's let's be clear and honest about it. Uh, I really love Lucha House Party. I think that that match was awesome. I really did. I I think to be honest, I think Lucha House Party needs a push. I think that there's not a lot of tag teams on SmackDown. I think the New Day at some point is going to have to move on to something else, whether it be Raw or. They do something else. I just think that they need a successor. And why not have a team like Lucha House Party 
who's really good in the ring, who puts on exciting matches, to be the, I don't want to say interim champ, but like the Segway champ. Segway onto a team that you can get hot. That will be your tag team draw. I don't see the. I can see them Lucha House Party as tag team champions for a couple of months, and have really good matches with people. Um, I think Bailey and Sasha too. I think they're the best thing on WWE TV. It was a solid match between Sasha and uh, Nikki Cross, and <laughs> what was it? The commentary was just comical like it was really good i was i'm a big fan of them i think them going to nxt and going to raw is like the really best decision because they're hot and i think they're the best thing in the wwe like i said before so you you you've got uh two workhorses that are over you gotta keep gotta keep it going and i i huge huge fan and huge ups to them i'm I am thinking about tuning in to NXT if they just keep defending the titles. And honestly, I, I did you see NXT's rating spike up? Does does that not tell you how good of how good they are? I mean, they they were the marquee match, right? I mean, let, let's be honest about it. They they were the thing that you wanted to pay attention to. All right, what I didn't like about uh, SmackDown, uh, where's Otis? Otis is my boy. Here's a guy that I think is, one, a draw, and two, now he's a comic guy, but this is a guy that can turn into a monster. Like, honestly, this is a guy that can legitimately be a killer, be a serious heel. I know we see the worm and all that, but we forget he was a Greco-Roman champ. He was a guy that could take that SmackDown heavyweight title and be a contract killer. This is a guy that's a monster. And I truly believe that. And I don't think that they're giving them the time of day. I hated the usage of Jeff Hardy and, and Sheamus. Um, like, what are we doing? We're just throwing pee in people's faces now? Is that, is that what we're doing? Like, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. Here's a guy at the end of his contract, right, who probably needs to prove himself. Why don't you have him put him over talent in matches? Why don't you put him in a tag team with a young guy so a young guy can turn on him? I mean that's that's not hard. I'm not a rocket scientist, guys. Like I'm not I'm not a genius here, but I'm pretty sure what we can do with Jeff Hardy is not throw have him throw pee in people's faces. Let's let's be real. And then Sheamus, what does that do for Sheamus that he wins with over Jeff Hardy? Does it do anything for Sheamus? No, he's already a world champion. He's already a beast. He's already six five. Doesn't change those stats. So it, it, it's not relevant to, for him to beat Jeff Hardy and to do this whole thing that everybody is like, dude, what are we doing? It's not like one guy's like, oh, you, this is stupid. Like the, the whole fan base is like, what are we doing here? So I don't get that. I don't, I don't like the usage of either guy. And then I, 
I'm confused on what's going with Bray Wyatt. But what I like to say is, in Bray we trust. Did I get that he was turning into um, his old Southern gimmick? No. I didn't get it, but he's a guy that's so creative and so good at what he does that you... For me, you gotta just leave it alone. Just sit back and watch. I can't hate on it until I see the end result. I mean, this is a guy who's been killing it ever since he debuted. So, as I say, in Bray, we trust. But I thought one of the funniest things on SmackDown was, like, when Bray Wyatt turns all Southern, right? He's got the braids, and he's got the hat, and he's speaking the Southern accent. Like, Braun Strowman is, like, scared. He's, like, he's doing the, the nodding of his head like he just saw Ted Bundy. Like, Bray Wyatt just put a hat on and then spoke in a Southern accent. But Braun Strowman is, like, oh, my God, I don't, I, I, please, please, please don't be him. Like, <laughs> what? It's He literally just put on a hat and a different shirt. <laughs> but, but to be fair, you probably have to oversell the the fear of Bray Wyatt. But I just thought it was funny. He just, he puts on a Hawaiian shirt and a hat, and Braun Strowman is like, "Oh my god, I, I, who who is that?" It's the same guy that was speaking two minutes ago, dummy. But that's what the comical thing about pro wrestling. It's like <laughs> the overselling and the overacting is hilarious. I love it. It's why one of my. It's probably my favorite thing. So that was the review. Um, good week of wrestling. I, I'm a big fan. I can't wait till Fighter Fest. I can't wait until Monday. Because I think that we've got something special going on. And I think that we've got something that... An unknown. You know, we've got a writer for two shows. Is it going to be two same shows? Is it going to be two different shows? We'll see. And time will tell. But right now, um, we're going we're gonna to transition into what really grinds my gears. So, to my audience. Do you know what really grinds my gears? Brian Cage does an interview in the parking lot in his ring gear. Why? What, he he couldn't put on a t-shirt? Even that, why does he need knee pads in the parking lot? Now, I know what you're saying. I'm going to make a joke like that. No, I, I just want to know, why does he need knee pads in the parking lot? Does he need to have his wrestling boots? Does he not have sneakers? Did he not know that he was going to get interviewed? Did he think he had a match tonight? I mean, like, like, let's realistically think about this, right? If this was real life, right? Like, if wrestling was real, right? Like, you've got to have matches scheduled. Like, guys have to come out and be like, okay, so you're wrestling, right? Like, let's say WWE was like a MMA promotion, you're just going to sit around all day in your ring gear? I mean, I get it. If there was, like, a segment where there's a brawl and Teddy Long says, hold on, players, there's a tag team match, okay, I understand why you're in your ring gear. I get that. But besides that, why are you in your ring gear in the parking lot? Doesn't make any sense. I just looked at him and was like, you're an idiot. You're dumb. Why are you doing that? And that, like, again, that's, 
I guess you're showing off the physique of Brian Cage, but bro, like, you, you don't have to wear a shirt. Just wear, like, jeans. I, I don't need to see the bulge. I don't. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just don't need to see the bulge. You, I get it. You're a big dude. You're athletic. You're a muscular guy, but do I really need to see you in your ring gear in the parking lot? Does that make any sense? No. Put on a shirt. Put on some pants. Get some nice shoes. I, I don't know. And that's also another thing that grinds my gears is you've got guys that, like, wear their own shirts to the ring. What? That's the least cool move that I've ever seen in my life. And it's funny because it's, like, my favorite wrestlers, like, did, like Kevin Owens kind of started that. Let's be honest. Just wearing his gear everywhere. I... What cool person do you know wears their own stuff? That's like, that should be like a heel move, let's be honest. You're so cocky and you're so full of yourself that you're literally wearing your own ring gear. That's that's a move right there. But every segment I see you and you're in your t-shirt, like, come on, you're, you're a millionaire. Most of you. You don't have a nice suit. You don't have, like, a, a hipster band t-shirt with jeans and, and shoes for an interview. Like, <laughs> you, have to wear, you have to wear your tights even though you're, you're, you're just out for a promo. What, what, what sense does that make? You're not cool. I, I just never got it. That, that grinds my gears. Like, th- just think. Think about it. Do you see a USC guy that's like just coming out for an interview? Is he in his gear? Is he in his shorts or his 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 spandex pants and his gloves like just talking to the crowd? No. Chael Sonnen is in a t-shirt and jeans. McGregor's in a suit. What do you what are you guys not understanding? But that really grinds my gears. So the last segment of our podcast, our, our very, very nice podcast, is my book it section now this is coming a week after backlash so not many matches have been made yet since i've been recording this so i thought to myself and backlash was all right like i I know i didn't really cover it and it's because honestly i i didn't have any interest to watching it i didn't want to see two really guys that i respect in orton and edge really just like not live up to the expectations given to them. And it's not their fault. I mean, <laughs> how many times have you said watching wrestling, this is the greatest wrestling match ever? Not many. I, I just didn't, I didn't want to really see that. There's zero interest for me besides the tag team title matches, which, um, for the women's, which I didn't get a chance to watch. And uh, Lashley and McIntyre. And I thought Lashley and McIntyre was spectacular. Really, really good match for what it was worth. So I thought to myself, well, if we're today, how do I, Brendan, book extreme rules for next month? Now, for me, I picked, I looked at the the show, uh, Backlash, and I saw that they only had seven matches. So... For me, I'm going to do seven matches with a pre-show. Seven matches with a pre-show. For Extreme Rules. Now, I'm going to go by WWE Rules in the sense that not every match is going to be an Extreme Rule match. Okay? Uh, 
uh, I, I know that's the name of the pay-per-view, but not every match is going to be Extreme Rules. I, I've seen them do it before. I'm, I'm not making every match in Extreme Rules. I'm making matches that will make sense and build to the next pay-per-view. Okay. Alrighty. So, with the pre-show match, I've got the New Day retaining over Cesaro and Nakamura. Give you guys a good match. Give everybody, all the wrestling nerds, kind of an opener to the show to be like, oh, okay, I'm watching, I'm watching the pre-show. Get everybody excited, especially the the indie nerds who love Cesaro and Nakamura, and I'm I'm also an indie nerd who who love those guys and and give them something to look forward to. So I have the new day retaining over Cesaro and Nakamura on my pre show. My first match is going to be Sasha and Bailey against Cross and Bliss for the tag team titles and a tag team hardcore match. Now, I really think that this could be a really good match. I think that it could be like a 15 to 20 minute match. I love Alexa Bliss. I love Nikki Cross. I love I said that they were Bailey and Sasha were the best things on WWE TV. And I think a hardcore match could really really bulk up the resumes of both tag teams and every individual in the match. So I have Salian Sasha and Bailey defeating Cross and Bliss for the tag team titles, retaining. But in this match, you'll see a little tension because we're building up to Sasha Bailey match, Sasha Bailey rivalry. There's going to be a little tension. Maybe a kendo stick from Bailey hits Sasha. Maybe Sasha hits Bailey with a trash can, something like that. A little tension. Building a little tension is what we're going to do. So first match, Sasha defeats Cross and Bliss. Second match, we're going to have Owens versus Apollo Crews for the U.S. title. Now, the buildup for this match, because Raw's already happened, Crews beats Shelton Benjamin in uh, holding the ropes. He cheats, right? So I want this whole buildup the next couple of weeks on Raw, Kevin Owens being like, inspirational being like hey listen apollo cruz you don't need to win like this you don't need it you're a hell of a wrestler you're a hell of a talent and cruz kind of feeds into it he goes okay you know what you're right i'm not a heel kind of guy i just needed that win right and so there's weeks a couple weeks of that a couple episodes of monday night raw of that and then I have Kevin defeating Apollo Crews for the, the U.S. title. And then I have Apollo just beat him down mercilessly. Right? Heel turn. And once that beatdown is done, my next match, we have Bobby Lashley and MVP strut down to the ring, give Apollo a big hug. Right? To show that he's part of this new all-black alliance of MVP. Apollo Crews goes to the back. MVP and Lashley get ready for a tag match. Against McIntyre and R-Truth. Now, I know what you're saying. That was just on Raw. Why would we do it again? Well, let's be honest. We don't need a WWE title match every month. 
if we've got a uh, SmackDown or whichever one's the Universal title, I I get confused. Like, make the belts different, or like make them the same. Like, make either have one big belt and have one champion go on both shows, or have two different looking belts. Different topic, whatever. I believe that you can still build the rivalry of Lashley and MVP against Drew McIntyre without wasting a Lashley-McIntyre match. Being buried under good, solid storytelling matches. And kind of saving Drew in that sense. So I have Drew and R-Truth. Drew and R-Truth... Wrestling Lashley and MVP in a no DQ match, right? It's not going to be a long match, but at the end, our truth turns on Drew McIntyre. MVP and Lashley won the match. So now you've got a four man stable of MVP, Lashley, our truth, and Apollo Crews. Now there's something for Monday to talk about. You've got a four man stable that's all black and can really make some moves against Drew McIntyre and you haven't wasted a Drew McIntyre Bobby Lashley match that you can have next month. So that that's the the reasoning behind that. After that, we're going to have a really outstanding wrestling match. We're going to have Matt Riddle versus Shorty G, number 1 contender for the IC title. I will have Matt Riddle defeat Shorty G and I believe that this could be one of these really really solid technical wrestling matches that means something it gives Matt Riddle something to do if Shorty G loses he just has a really great match so I don't see any downside between that so we had just to recap Sasha Sasha and Bailey defeating Cross and Bliss in a hardcore tag team match the titles on the line. We have KO defeating Apollo Crews for the U.S. title. Apollo turns heel, joins MVP stable. We then have MVP and Lashley defeating Drew and R Truth, where R Truth turns on Drew McIntyre, creating this four man stable of Lashley, MVP, R Truth, and and Apollo Crews. And then we have Matt Riddle defeating Shorty G in a number one contendership for the IC title. After that, we have Randy with Flair defeating Cedric Alexander. Now, Cedric Alexander, why Cedric Alexander? One, he's a hell of a worker. Really, really good in wrestling. Really, really athletic really solid and he's not being used you know so why not give randy one a great match and two somebody he could go over without putting somebody else down you know cedric hasn't really had a lot of tv time you you give him something to build on because he loses to orton in a great match and rick flair is with randy orton in his corner starting this new kind of regime of orton and rick Randy beats um, Cedric Alexander in a good match. And then at the end, Orton punts Cedric. 
to build this this viper this this killer that's coming back he, he's building up building up to this next edge match so that he, when he comes back from this torn tricep we can end it and we can go after the title right so that's the fifth match sixth match we've got aj versus uh daniel bryan for the ic title and we have AJ winning by cheating so that we have this kind of cowardice intercontinental champion who doesn't want to defend it against anybody, who does not really want to wrestle, who doesn't want to any of the smoke, as my friends the Street Profits would say. Really good match. You give that a cap. So that's our start. That's our co-main event, and our main event is Braun versus Bray at the old Wyatt Compound for the WWE Championship. And how that's going to work? There's going to be no referees. It's going to be a theatrical kind of match, a movie quality kind of match, and. Whoever leaves with the WWE Championship, like, leaves physically with the title, is going to be the champion, okay? So how I see this going is, you go to this place in the woods, and what's going to happen is, is you're going to have Bray and Braun kind of brawl it out. Braun's going to be chasing Bray. And they're going to be going through the woods. And they're going to be beating each other up. They're going to go by the old burnt down um, the house that Sister Abigail was in. That Orton burnt down. And there's going to be kind of like montages of, of Braun and Bray being in the Wyatt family. And, you know, kind of changing and twisting Braun's mind. And they're going to keep brawling and brawling and then they're gonna go to a wood part of like a treed area and throughout this match i want silhouettes or or captions of while braun is chasing bray to beat bray up i want the fiend to be kind of lurking to be stalking braun Strowman, because as if we remember um, if we remember when Bray did his YouTube story of, like, his scary story, he talked about the man in the white with the very, very long hair referencing the fiend, if we remember that. So I would love that part. And I would have Braun beat up Bray. And Braun beats him down. He gives him the, the scoop slam, the power slam. And Braun puts his arms in the air and he, he's saying it's over, it's done. And then you hear Bray Wyatt start laughing in his evil, maniacal laugh. And in his pocket, he, he looks, he reaches in his pocket. He pulls out that slingshot that he was talking about in that YouTube video. That him and the Fiend shared. Showing that the Fiend 
and Bray Wyatt were the same person. And Braun gives this kind of like weirded out, sketched out look. And then the camera kind of pans up at just Braun. And then it turns to the right. And it's the Fiend. And he has a slingshot. And then the Fiend turns him around. Gives him the mandible claw. Gives him the sister Abigail. Takes the title and leaves. And Brett and the Fiend is now your WWE champion. Because honestly, I, I don't really want to see Braun Strowman wrestle anybody else, to be honest. I think they kind of kept his title reign short. And I want to see Bray wrestle Jeff Hardy. I want to see Bray wrestle Kofi Kingston. I think I want to see Bray Wyatt wrestle Randy. I want to see Bray Wyatt wrestle Taker. And then Braun, when he does this, when he's beaten by the Fiend, he turns into the monster heel. I know he probably makes a lot of merch and all that, but I want to see him as the monster heel that nobody can stop coming out of it. So that's how I would book Extreme Rules and, and to, to just go over it. First match, New Day, New Day retains over Nakamura and Cesaro. First match, first official ma- match, Sasha and Bailey defeat Cross and Bliss for the tag team titles in a tag team hardcore match. In the second match, we've got KO defeating Apollo Crews for the U.S. title. Apollo heel turn. MVP and Lashley defeat Drew and R-Truth. R-Truth turns on Drew, creating a four-man stable of MVP, Lashley, Truth, and Apollo Crews. We then have Matt Riddle defeating Shorty G, becoming the number one contender for the IC title. While Matt Riddle tries and tries and tries to get AJ Styles a match for the IC title and building up to Matt Riddle AJ. We then have Randy with Flair defeating Cedric Alexander in post-match, giving uh, Cedric Alexander a punt. We then have Brian losing to AJ. AJ wins by cheating in a really, really good match for the Intercontinental Championship. And then we have Bray leaving with the WWE Championship at the old Wyatt Family Compound. And so that's our show. I did make a Twitter. I did make a Twitter. And so the Twitter handle is at the go away heat P1. Capital is go away. So at the go away heat P1. That's where I'll post all the podcasts, uh, all my little rants and ravings. I'll try to be good at the social media. I'm not really a social media guy, so that should be fun um and next sunday will be another podcast so i am brendan and thank you for listening